Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we're going to talk about NATO. We're going to uh, go over the treaty. We're going to talk about what's in the treaty, what the, what the articles mean. And we're going to give a brief overview of how it started. And then we're going to talk about a talking point and something that is coming up now, and it represents something that occurs a lot in foreign policy. Okay, so how did NATO start? It started back in 1949. There were two real motivating reasons. One is the Soviet Union. It's out there, and Western nations were worried about fighting it. They wanted to provide a united front. Okay. The other aspect of this and the reason the United States really pushed it is because the U.S. was overextended. At the end of World War II, we had troops everywhere, and we wanted to make sure that we weren't in the situation of being responsible for the totality of everybody's defense. So we wanted to bring member nations on board, set up a council, and make sure that everybody was uh, on the same page. That's, that's what NATO was for. Um, it's a collective defense pact, but there's a little bit more to it in, in the articles, and we're going to go over all of that. Okay, so that's how it started. The treaty itself has 14 articles, and we're going to provide quick summaries of each one of the articles. Article 1, you are to... Uh, try to resolve any disputes with other member nations peacefully, and you are to never threaten force. Article 2, you will try to eliminate conflict in economic policies. So each nation is going to try to make sure their economic policies align. They're going to try to cooperate economically. You know, back when this came about, nobody was really certain how well the Soviet Union would do economically. And the uh, Western nations wanted to uh, make sure that they were operating together as well because they wanted to counter that block. Article 3, each member nation will develop collective and individual ability when it comes to fending off an attack. So everybody's going to build up their military and the militaries will cooperate with each other. Article 4, if you perceive a threat, if your nation perceives that there's going to be an attack, you talk to the other members of NATO. That seems like it should be common sense. Um, Article 5, this is the big one. An attack on one is an attack on all. If somebody launches an attack against a NATO nation, they are launching an attack against every member of NATO. That, that's, that is the real important part of the treaty militarily. Interestingly enough, Article 5 was never invoked uh, during the Cold War. Article 6, it goes on to clarify that uh, an attack on aircraft or boats or whatever constitutes an attack on the nation. 
So an attack on everybody. Uh, let's see. Article 7. The UN uh, is still top dog. That's really what it's saying. Um, it, it, it sought to make clear that NATO was secondary to the United Nations. And then when it comes to resolving international disputes that might become military disputes, the UN Security Council, that's where everything happens. NATO is secondary to that. They didn't want to undermine the UN. Okay, Article 8 basically says, by signing this treaty, uh, our nation doesn't have any treaties that conflict with what's in this treaty, whether it be with another member of NATO or an, an outside country. Article 9 establishes a council, and this council can set up subcommittees, subcouncils, whatever. The real purpose of these councils is to kind of deal with Articles 3 through 5. Um, make sure that everybody is developing collective and individual abilities to fend off an attack, make sure people are coordinating and talking, and if need be, coordinate a, a response if, if a member of NATO is attacked. Uh, Article 10, member nations may invite any other European state to join. And uh, that country that gets invited, they become a member after a unanimous vote. Um, Article 11 is just a legal thing saying, hey, we're signing this treaty now, but it has to be ratified by the laws in each member state's home country. So it has to follow the constitution of each country. Um, Article 12 says that there is going to be a 10-year review. Every 10 years, the treaty will be reviewed if somebody requests it. Article 13 says that once you join, after 20 years, if you want to leave, you can if you provide a year's notice. And then Article 14 just says that both the French and English versions are real. So that's the treaty. It's not a complex thing. Um, it, it's pretty simple. Now, with all of the talk about NATO recently, a, a talking point is surfacing. What good is it? Why does, the, why does NATO still exist? The Soviet Union is gone. And yeah, that makes sense, kind of. That talking point first emerged in the early 90s, you know, after the end of the Cold War. People were like, do we really need this? And at the time, no, nah, we, we, we didn't. But nobody believed that then, when the talking point first started getting circulated. This is something that happens in foreign policy a lot. An idea gets floated, and it takes a while to take hold. So... There was a movement to kind of uh, get out of NATO, but it didn't go anywhere. There was a movement to just get rid of it, but it, it never really picked up any steam. And then in September of 2001, something happened, and Article 5 got invoked. And then for a while, nobody was uh, talking about it because people realized, hey, well, maybe NATO is still kind of important to the United States and foreign policy in general of these countries. And now that talking point is coming back. 
do we really need NATO? Now, this happens a lot. An, I get, an idea gets floated. And when it gets floated, it makes sense. The Cold War's over. Why do we still need this? But by the time people get ready to act on it, the situation has changed so much that you're kind of back to where you started. Now that the United States is definitely committed to countering near peers, Russia and China, NATO is as important as it was during the Cold War. And that talking point is still out there because people have said it for so long and it gained popularity with people that politicians continue to repeat it even though the foreign policy scene has changed a whole lot. Now, to be clear, this is one of those videos where we're talking about what is, not what should be. Um, organizations like NATO, like Warsaw Pact, any permanent military alliance is generally not a great thing. But as foreign policy stands today with the United States, it's probably still pretty necessary. So, anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.